Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Georgia Southern. The play is known simply as the run. Peterson took a handoff up the middle, broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, spins away from the next defender he meets, and he shakes off a diving tackler. 30 yards down the field, he meets another defender and literally throws him out of the way with his right arm, grabs him by the shoulder pad, and swipes him off onto the sideline. It was really so surreal because the place is going completely berserk during the run until he throws off that defender. He throws off that defender, the whole place went silent, stone silent, like an intake of breath. It was just so amazing. Nobody had ever seen it before. And then, of course, the place exploded again after they all caught their breath. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit savannahnow.com slash sports and click on tickets. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. All right, welcome to Georgia Southern Extra, your spot for Georgia Southern Eagles football news. I am Travis Janon, the beat writer for Georgia Southern at the Savannah Morning News, joined as always by Greg Talbot of WSAV. Greg, how are you this week? I'm doing good, Travis. Uh, unfortunately, got to do this over the phone, but I'm glad we can talk about it anyway because, boy, do we have a big game coming up. Yeah, it's a, as big as it gets for Georgia Southern, it's a you know a new start kind of with, with the Sun Belt uh, slate starting after a 2-1 and one non-conference uh, record for Georgia Southern. We'll jump right into our four downs. Um, I'll start, Greg, with my first down, um, and, I'll, and I'll touch on that, that. This is a brand-new season for Georgia Southern heading into conference play, 2-1 and one in the non-conference. Greg, I think that's kind of what we said was the best-case scenario for Georgia Southern. I don't think anyone you know, saw them beating Clemson, um, and, and they didn't and never threatened to, but, but they looked good against South Carolina State, looked good against UMass, and came out of both or all three games relatively healthy um, so this is a brand-new season. They'll face um, Arkansas State, who seems to be the class of the league, along with Appalachian State, and, and then right there with them is, is Troy. Uh, they'll get Arkansas State in Statesboro for the second straight year, and this will be the third meeting of the two teams. But for me, this is a chance for Georgia Southern to serve notice to the rest of the league that they're back and that they'll have what it takes to contend in the Sun Bowl after going 8 no in 2014 in the Sun Belt in their inaugural season in the Sun Belt, Georgia Southern is just 12 and 12 over the last three seasons in conference play. So for me, this is a chance for Georgia Southern to start kind of a new season. Um, and, and these next eight games are, are obviously big for the conference and for, you know, their chances of going to the conference championship game. Although Arkansas state is not on their side of the conference Again, Arkansas State's probably the class of the league, so this is a, a really great opportunity in front of their home fans for Georgia Southern to kind of serve notice to the rest of the league. No, you're absolutely right, Travis. And uh, my second down kind of piggybacking off of that is I am surprised how good a chance everybody seems to be giving Georgia Southern to win this game. I just saw the yeah. ESPN projection. ESPN's now giving them a better than 50% shot to beat Arkansas State. Uh, you and I, because we are millennials who grew up with this being accessible information, you and I have both looked at the Vegas betting line for this game. Arkansas State is either getting three or three and a half. You know, the, the, the Arkansas State is only favored by three or three and a half. And in college football, as you know, 
that's that's pretty close for a game that we didn't think was going to be uh, that close at the start of the season. So I am pleasantly surprised how much of a chance everybody is giving Southern to win this game. Okay, so I'll jump right into my third down. And, Greg, for me, the, the opening drive for Georgia Southern is going to be huge. And I think that, you know, obviously you want to score on every drive. I really think that the opening drive for Georgia Southern is going to tell a lot about how this game's going to go. They need to score on the opening drive or at least get a few first downs to kind of set the tone. Like I said, this game is a way to set the tone for the rest of the conference slate. Um, and likewise, the opening drive will be a nice way to set the tone for the rest of play on Saturday. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see West Kennedy get a touch early on in the first couple of plays just so we can go ahead and knock that out. And we don't have Clemson all over again. Uh, in the Clemson game, we know that Kennedy didn't touch the ball until the beginning of the fourth quarter. So I want to eliminate that right off the bat and and get him a touch in the opening drive. But, yeah, I mean, I think maybe something like, you know, not necessarily a trick play, but maybe, a, you know, a pass play early or something to kind of set the tone, get the crowd into it, um, get the rest of the team into it, and get the offense going. The last thing Georgia Southern wants to do is open up. You know, whether they get the ball first or not, but the last thing they want to do is open up with a three and out and kind of give Arkansas State the momentum off the bat. Um, I think the opening drive in this game is as important as, as any drive of the season, to be honest with you, Greg. What's your fourth down? My fourth down is this is the game of the year for the Georgia Southern secondary. Uh, yeah. They are very uh, – it's not lucky. They did a good job against UMass of not allowing a passing touchdown, even though they allowed the Minutemen to throw for 250 yards through the air. Uh, I don't know how much the the listeners to this podcast uh, at home are familiar with Justice Hanson, the quarterback for Arkansas State. Uh, For a little bit of context, he threw for uh, 423 yards and six touchdowns against Southeast Missouri in week one. He went for 150 yards against Alabama. He went for 200 yards, three touchdowns against UNLV last week. He was last year's Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Year, and he's only two passing touchdowns away uh-huh. from owning the Arkansas State school record. So, yeah. uh, knowing that they have already seen a great quarterback in, in UMass in Week 2, Justice Hansen is a whole different ball game. And I know we've talked a lot of positive things throughout the year, on the Georgia Southern secondary, this is their Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree with you, Greg. And, and let's jump right in and start talking about Arkansas State. This is a very, very good football team. Um, I think we can safely say that they're the second-base team Georgia Southern seen this year. I mean, they're better than UMass. Justice Hansen is and as good as, as Andrew Ford was for UMass at quarterback. Like you said, Justice Hansen is kind of a different animal. They're they're a very veteran team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, returning seven starters. Um, They also have a few transfers from pretty big-time schools, Power 5 schools in Texas A&M and Oklahoma. I know they have five receivers. Travis, Travis, we got more, more, buddy. We have just on their wide receiving core alone, Dahu Green transferred from Oklahoma, Kendrick Edwards transferred from Arkansas, Kirk Merritt went from Texas, uh, went from Oregon to A&M to literally last chance U. He was on Netflix East Mississippi. And then Bubba Ogbador played for Boise State. Their receiver unit is nothing but big school transfers. Wow, I didn't know that. So the, the guy from East Mississippi on last chance U is, is playing with him? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a big fan of that show. Well, yeah, so we know they have five receivers at 6'3 or taller. 
And as good as Monquavian, Brinson, and Kendall Vildor, you know, are and have been, that's a test. And, and that's what, you know, you touched on it in your fourth down. This is, this is going to tell us a lot, you know, possibly more than the Clemson game told us, to be honest. It's going to tell us a lot about this Georgia Southern defense and especially the secondary. Arkansas State, you know, no stranger to playing on the road. They're 24-5 and five over their last 29 Sunbelt road games. Um, and, you know, they're very good in the conference in general, not just on the road, 15-1 and one over the, their last two seasons in the Sun Belt. And, and, you know, that record alone speaks for how good this team is and, and really how confident they should be coming into Georgia Southern. But, like you say, Vegas gives Arkansas State a four-point edge in this one. That's, that's really close for me, Greg. And we talked about it yesterday, just me and you, about that line. What do, what's your stance on how, on why Vegas would put that line at four points and and kind of where do you think it's going to go? Uh, in in terms of the Vegas line, my feeling on that yeah. is that Vegas under I think they understand that Georgia Southern is uh, coming off the bye week and more motivated than ever. And you and I know because we follow Chad Lunsford on Twitter, it sounds like Southern's going to get more than twenty thousand people hopefully closer to 25,000 for this game. And when there is a big attendance at Paulson Stadium, Southern tends to win. So I, uh, I think VU Vegas is almost viewing this game as a toss-up. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think the, from what everything we can tell, the, yeah, there's going to be a lot more fan involvement in this game and, and fan impact in this game just for the simple fact that there's going to be more of them in the stands. It's kind of a weird schedule for it. They did get Arkansas State in Statesboro last year. They'll get him in Statesboro again this year. So a good opportunity for Georgia Southern to assert itself well, it, and the fan base to assert itself. Go ahead. Yeah, but let's talk about that. Uh, Southern, in case people don't remember last year, that was their midweek Thursday night home game, and Arkansas State handled them uh, pretty well with pretty much the exact same cast of characters. When you look yeah. uh, at you know that game last year, Southern didn't put up much of a fight. Everybody is back. The only contributing freshman is Marcel Murray, who's a freshman out of Georgia, uh, and he's the only new character. So it seems like everyone is back and better than ever for the Red Wolves. They're an even more senior-led group. Uh, Their other two running backs are seniors. Justin Hansen is is a redshirt senior. All the receivers are juniors or seniors for the most part. There's a small handful of sophomores, so – I think we are going to see uh, an Arkansas State team that's just bigger and better than last year. Yeah, they're they're definitely better than last year. And like you said, they handled Georgia Southern pretty well uh, last season. But, you know, we, we do know that Georgia Southern's a better football team than they were last year. They're a different football team. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Than, they were, than they were last year. So a lot to prove and a lot, a lot of questions, I think, are going to be answered. Let's start, Greg, with – when Georgia Southern has the ball and Arkansas State's on defense, kind of what we think needs to happen uh, for Georgia Southern offensively for them to win and kind of what cannot happen um, if they hope to win. For me, Greg, it's no secret, but I think a lot of this game is going to depend on the playmaking ability of Shywerts at quarterback. He, he's given them kind of an element that they didn't necessarily have last year. Of course, he was just as athletic last year. Um, and just as capable last year, but he's a, kind of a different breed this year with some more confidence. And as you know, that word that he's used over and over again, more comfortable this year in the pocket. So I think that a lot of the 
onus is on Cy Wirtz to make some plays um, for this offense. You know, Arkansas State only has four defensive guys returning, but a lot like their receiving core, they have some guys that have transferred from big-time schools. So while they may not be experienced with Arkansas State, they're experienced at some level. Uh, Greg, what, what's some of the keys for you when Georgia Southern has the ball offensively? I think when Southern has the ball, I, I think this is a key for them winning any game they play, but certainly a game when you're playing a high-powered, high-scoring offense like Arkansas State that is probably, frankly, like they do against every team except Alabama, going to torch you through the air and move the yeah. ball down the field 15 yards at a time. If you're Southern, you need to give your defense a freaking break. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's just three yards of play. Just go three or four yards of play. I want to see long drives that eat up a third of a quarter, half a quarter. I want, you, I want to see you go from your own 20 all the way down to the Arkansas State end zone and take your time. Go for five-yard plays, not 25-yard plays. Eat that clock and keep Justice Hansen off the field for as long as you can. Yeah, that's going to be key for them. I mean, Jordan Southern cannot afford to, to go three and out too often in this game. And before the Clemson game against UBAS and South Carolina State, they had done a really good job of that. And I know it's something that Bob DeBest harps on. Um, he, he, you know, they like to string together 10, 12, 14 play drives. That in this game is going to be crucial. And for me, kind of turning it around, Greg, to um, the defensive side of the ball for Georgia Southern, that's something that they're going to want to force Arkansas State to do. It's going to be tough to ask this defense not to give up points. I mean, that's kind of unrealistic. But what, what can be asked of them, I think, is to make Arkansas State produce those 10, 12 play drives. What you don't want is, is, you know, five, six-play touchdown drives for Arkansas State where they're gathering big chunks of yards at a time because, you know, that that will do a lot of things negative for Georgia Southern. A, that's going to kind of diminish any confidence they had coming into the game to be able to stop this offense. And B, it's going to force kind of Georgia Southern's offensive hand. If, if Arkansas State is scoring quickly, and, and, you know, and not a lot of plays, Georgia Southern's offense is going to have to go right back out there, and you'll start feeling the pressure, right? You know, if, if you're down 7 nothing early and, and then you're facing a third and 10 on your second drive of the game, that's the kind of thing yeah, that Travis, Georgia Southern can Go ahead. And I think that's where West Kennedy comes in. Um, For sure. If you're going to need to score and you're going you're to need to be moving the ball downfield – uh, you and I were talking the last two podcasts about how they need to start incorporating Wesley Kennedy even more, which might be funny to some people because you look at a stat and sheet and say, okay, well, he's already returning all the kicks, all the punts, and he is leading the team in receiving with five right. catches yeah. for 140 yards. But, no, I, 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 they're, they're probably going to need to throw the ball more than they're anticipating, especially if they're possibly playing from behind uh, a touchdown mm-hmm. or more for some part of this game, which who knows uh, they might do. But still, I mean, I, I think you need to have West Kennedy be the focal point of your offense outside of Shy Wirtz. Greg, let's touch on the passing game real quick. And I wanted to get to this last week, and unfortunately we didn't have time. I wanted to ask you what you thought of this. We look around the country and you see a lot of quarterbacks, especially the more veteran quarterbacks, and we'll see this from Justice Hanson, I'm sure. They'll get to the line and kind of diagnose the defense and then you'll see them back off and, and they'll either they'll do one of two things. They'll either look to the sideline for a change of play, 
or they'll change the play themselves. Now, when I say change the play, I mean change the direction or change it to a simple audible just to a run either way or, or vice versa from a run to a pass. It doesn't seem to me, at least, that Shy Wirtz either A, has that ability or B, has the clearance from the coaching staff to change plays at the line of scrimmage. And for me, I think, you know, not, not being inside the meeting rooms or anything like that, but for me, I think Wirtz has the ability, you know, at least intelligence-wise, to change plays at the line. And I don't think that he's being allowed to do that. Do you see anything that would lead you to believe that he's changing plays at the line? Okay, uh, so I, I will preface this by saying that I, I do not have any insider information. Uh, even though right, I do get a right. weekly coaches leading into the ESPN Plus broadcasts, I don't have this information because I have not asked them about this yet. So that is my preface. I do not know. Um, my educated guess would be that when I've talked to Bob DeBess and Chad Lunsford earlier in this season uh, about things that Shy does well and what he needs to improve, they still feel like Shy is trying to do too much, and right. it has worked for him because he hasn't gotten clobbered when he's run the ball, and he's moved it very effectively. But my educated guess would be that they do not want him to try to bite off even more than he can chew because I think they feel that he's already biting off too much. And I can see that. I can definitely get that, and I understand the sentiment of wanting to kind of limit what's on Wirtz's plate. But I do think it limits – the ability of the offense to adjust on the fly. I mean, defenses we know, especially nowadays, are, are showing multiple different looks, and they're adjusting to what the offense does. When Georgia Southern breaks the huddle and they show you what they're in, the formation they're in, that is what they're going to be in when they hike the ball. And that's rare, right. especially in college football nowadays. So, I, you know, I don't know what that means long-term or, or you know, how that sets them apart. I just know that it's different and it's not the same as what a lot of the country is doing. So it is something to keep an eye on as far as where it's changing stuff at the line. Greg, who do you think is kind of one of the key players? We, I know we've touched on Kennedy over and over again, and I said where for me. Offensively, who's the guy that you're looking for that needs to have a big game um, against Arkansas State? Let me look at my spotting board here that I have in front of me. I think we could really <laughs> use – some touches for Southern out of Ellis Richardson. Uh, yeah. He has not been a big factor this year. I think he's only got one or two catches on the year because uh, he yeah. didn't play against UMass and didn't touch the ball versus Clemson. So Ellis Richardson came into the year being heralded as a guy who was going to get some touches and give them a different dimension on offense. I think they could use a different dimension on offense. And I would like to see uh, the big play explosiveness out of Monteo Garrett for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. He's the best vision guy out of the option offense. He can take a pitch and go 10 yards. Uh, entering the season, we kind of thought he'd be a guy who would take a pitch and go 40 yards. So I think I'd like yeah. to see Monteo hit a home run. And we've talked about it before, Greg. We, I think we both know, and everyone listening to this podcast knows, a lot of those big plays are going to come once West Fields kind of gets things going in the middle. And it's chicken or the egg, I guess for Westfield to get going on the inside versus Garrett and Kennedy and Wirtz to pop loose on big plays on the outside. You kind of need both of those to be working, or you kind of need one of those to be working to get the other one to work, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we've talked about kind of the history with Arkansas State and Georgia Southern. I did want to touch on this. Arkansas State is 2-1 and one 
all time against Georgia Southern, both of their wins coming in the last two years. Uh, we know what happened last year on a Thursday night game. We touched on that two years ago. Arkansas State, I think, won by a point maybe. Greg, do you remember? A point or two. It was a very close game um, in 2016. Uh, I can look it up, but you keep going. Yeah, so I think in 2016 it's super close. And then Georgia Southern, of course, their lone win against Arkansas State came in 1986 in the D1AA National Championship game uh, with a quarterback. I think most people will know his name was Tracy Ham. Greg, you've heard of him, right? Uh, Sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah. So I think most people will remember that game if they were around during that time. So this is the chance for Georgia Southern to beat Arkansas State for the first time ever in the Sun Belt. And we can run through a lot of the numbers that Arkansas State has put up in this conference. They're one of three of the inaugural member, members of the conference since the conference began in 2001, I believe, is the number. So they've been around this league for a while, kind of one of the blue bloods of the league. And it's Georgia Southern's opportunity um, on Saturday at 6 p.m. to kind of take over that realm. I don't think uh, – actually, I know this, the Georgia Southern in 2014, when they won the conference, they didn't play Arkansas State. So I know the Arkansas State is one five of seven. What's that? I said, yeah, they did not. Yeah, so they didn't. So, you know, Arkansas State, they've won five of seven conference titles. And Georgia Southern, you know, has won one of those that they didn't win, but they didn't play Arkansas State. So I'm sure there's some motivation for Arkansas State on that end, Greg. Um, I mean, I don't know what, you know, what is going to happen in this game, but I can imagine that there is, for a team, for a matchup that's only been played three times, I can imagine that there's, you know, not a lot of love lost in this one. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think there is a, a really exciting chance for, I think, a, a close game. I think Vegas is not wrong when they call this about a touchdown game either way. I think we see this one going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, me too. I would agree on that. Defensively for Georgia Southern, I think it's going to be, obviously it's going to be key to get a pass rush on Justice Hansen. But what you don't want to do is have to use five and six guys to get that pass rush. It's going to be really, really vital for guys like Logan Hunt, Ian Bush, Deshaun Cooper, some some other guys along that line uh, to get a pass rush on Justice Hansen without having to blitz. And Scott Clone has done a pretty good job of that so far, I think. But you know, the middle of the field was open against Clemson. That's something they can't afford to do against Arkansas State, Greg. Well, exactly right. And that's the thing is, well, and they kind of left it open a lot of the time against UMass too. And we sure. saw what, and we saw what happened. You know what I mean? So, I, if I were a betting man, I would bet that Scott Sloan is doing everything in his power this week to shore up the middle of the field and make sure that his guys don't bite on the RPO. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Arkansas State is not a quote-unquote RPO team necessarily, but everything I've read about Justice Hansen, the Red Wolves quarterback, it sounds like the NFL scouts are projecting him to land in an offense last next year in NFL camp that runs an RPO. So whatever you can do to shore up the middle of the field and not bite on play action, that's what they need to be focusing on. Yeah, I mean, and – we touched on it already that they have a really explosive offense. So, I mean, they're going to have to be very focused on everyone in that offense, but especially Hanson. I think from what I saw that they have nine explosive plays, which I think explosive is 15 yards or more passing, 12 yards or more rushing. They have nine of those plays in every single one of their games played so far, at least nine. Right. So 
that's something that George Sutton's going to have to really, really focus on. And although it kind of gets maybe monotonous when, when another team is getting four and five yards at a time and, and just working their way down the field, as Georgia Southern likes to do, that's what, that's what Georgia Southern wants to force Arkansas State to do. It's, that's a tall order, but I think that's going to be super, super crucial uh, for Georgia Southern's success in this game to make Arkansas State drive the length of the field in a lot of plays and not just kind of in big chunk plays. Um, Greg, is yeah, anything else you wanted to touch on before we close out? Just the, the normal stuff. We have the broadcast on ESPN Plus at 6 o'clock on Saturday. But uh, and if you listen to this podcast, I know you probably have social media and are following the effort to get everybody there for this game. Uh, if there's 15,000 people there again, like there have been the first two home games of this year, I'm not sure Southern wins. If there are 25,000, I think Southern's got a much better shot. So get your tickets, the ones that are left, and get out there. Yeah, and I don't usually buy into stuff like that, Greg, but, yeah, it's real. I mean, the more people that are in the stadium on Saturday night, I think, the, you know, obviously the better chance Georgia Southern has. You'll want to follow along with us um, at savannahnow.com slash sports. You can listen to some other podcasts that we offer at savannahnow.com slash podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jadon Sports, J-A-U-D-O-N. Um, and then follow at Samantha now on Twitter as well. Um, thank you as always to our producer, Zach Dennis. Thank you, Zach, for helping us out, uh, over the phone here. And, um, until next week that guys, thank you for listening. Adam Van Bremer here, editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com and the host of two regular podcasts, The Commute and Difference Makers. Get your daily local news and opinion fix on The Commute. Available each weekday afternoon, The Commute offers insights into the day's hottest topics with commentary from those who know the subjects best. Our other regular production is the bi-weekly Difference Makers podcast, which is dedicated to sharing stories and insights from Savannah's key players, the men and women who lead our city in commerce, in arts and culture, in philanthropy, in government, and in education. Episodes post every other Friday and like the commute are on demand through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at savannahnow.com. Make listening to the commute and difference makers a part of your regular routine today. So we have Christian Boutwell with us from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Christian covers Arkansas State for those guys over in Little Rock, Arkansas. So we're going to bring him on to preview the six o'clock kickoff this Saturday in Statesboro. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? They're doing well also. So I guess let's jump right into it. We'll talk about Arkansas State um, in all three phases. Let's start with their offense. What should Eagles fans be expecting from the Arkansas State offense um, schematically when they come to States for all on Saturday? If anything I've seen through Arkansas State, I mean, they've had a bit of a weird schedule with Alabama as a headliner through this non-conference streak and then Tulsa and UNLV. They faced a couple different defenses. So their offense is kind of molded. Uh, it's been, it's been a di- you've seen different offenses that some games they've tried to run too much or they have run, they've run the ball well, and other times they've thrown seven touchdown passes in their season opener. So it kind of depends on what the defense is showing them. But if there's anything you can generally expect with their offense is that they're going to throw the ball a ton. They have a, a stud quarterback. He's a senior, Justice Hansen. He has a ton of receivers to go to and so that they like their options. They're getting one-on-one matchups on the outside they will go to them as much as they can. They'll try and ex- exploit that. And they've got a three, three-man backfield uh, with one freshman and two seniors. So they'll try to keep a defense you know, as, as off balance as they can. But if they can settle into what they want to do, it's going to be throwing the ball. Uh, that's just who they are. That's what they prefer to do. It's to move it up and down the field, put points up early, and, 
and play what the defense gives them after that. And so as far as tempo goes on the offensive side of the ball, we know that Georgia Southern's only running about 60 plays a game. You know, they're not a, a fast-moving offense by any means, and that's kind of what they want to be. Arkansas State, it does seem like they want to get off more snaps and kind of move the tempo a little bit. Um, is, is that what we should expect from, from them? Yeah, you'll rarely see them in a huddle. Um, if there's anything that I've noticed is that they, they prefer to keep the – same defense out there for as long as they can. They don't want guys subbing in and out. Right. They try and they'll try and wear you down with short, quick passes, um, so they can open up potentially a deep ball. They'll run the ball. I mean, they want to move as fast as possible because their offense has worked like that for the entire season. It's been doing that a lot under Blake Anderson, their five-year coach now. And so if they if they can go fast, they will. Um, but again, they'll take they'll they'll play the defense. They they'll try and and mold themselves to whatever matchups they can get. Uh, if, if it's passing, they'll go there. If it's if they need to slow down and try and run the ball, they'll do that, but they don't want to. They'd prefer to no huddle and let, just move the ball. And so you touched on the quarterback, Hanson. We, we know all about him and we've heard about him. Give us a couple other names on offense that we should be looking out for. Yeah, if anyone who's stood out through four games now, it's freshman tailback uh, Marcel Murray. He's, he's yeah. one of the first two. He's the first – rusher to post a rushing touchdown this season he's got some breakaway speed he can he's one of their bruising tailbacks their other two tailbacks are, are fairly small and so this guy who's also he's not the biggest guy in the world but he will try and run through you and so he's kind of their multi-dimensional tailback that they like to use they like to try and get him. they really want to try to get him going and to where they can throw him the ball outside of the backfield but when if they can get him the edge they will and so he's been he's had a few touchdowns that he's broken off especially last last game against UNLV he broke up a long one in the fourth quarter that pretty much sealed the game so he's only four games into his career but he's stood out to their entire coaching staff and I think even himself a little bit he surprised himself by how he's come on pretty early and so if there's anyone it's going to be him and I mean they have a ton of receivers that um, can catch the ball they move them in and out a lot uh, they go to a ton of different targets different options um, but Murray's one of the guys they like. They really want to get the ball to because he has ability to break away in space and uh, and take it as far as he can. Yeah, and just listening to Blake Anderson talk, I know he's very high on Murray. Uh, any chance he gets yeah, he to tout him, he's talking about him. So definitely looking forward to seeing him play. All right, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. There's no secret to what Georgia Southern's going to try to do against Arkansas State against you know any team they play this year. They're going to try to run the ball and control the ball defensively for Arkansas State, what are some of their strengths and weaknesses and then kind of what scheme do they employ? Um, they are, they run more of a traditional defense. They, they have been using some kind of unique mystery packages, trying to just get more rushers in the backfield. Um, but their defensive line in the past three games has really been the difference. And a lot of these upset wins they've had non-conference, they, and against Tulsa two weeks ago, they had a game-saving safety uh, toward the very end where that they just pretty much sealed the game. And then last week, they had a sack fumble on UNLV's last play of the game that, that also iced it. So their defensive line has is, is got a couple first-year transfers in there, Forrest Merrill and Kevin Thurman, and they're, they wanted to disrupt. And so that's, they're, they're relying a lot on the defensive line to get in there and mix up the triple option so they can have their linebackers watch and, and you know be able to read – where Georgia Southern's going with the football. And so they like to get the defensive line up, and, and that's been their strength. I mean, UNLV is not great at throwing the ball, and they threw it a couple times, and they threw three interceptions. So uh, the mm -hmm. cornerbacks, the defensive backs are pretty young, but they're, they're fairly experienced. And so they, 
the, really it starts up front with that defensive line. But um, if anywhere they want to free up those linebackers and get that D line to get in the backfield and try and mix up that triple option. And we know from just the preseason projections and kind of what Arkansas State's bringing back this year that they have, you know, premier talent in, in their first string, basically on both sides of the ball, but especially defensively too. I mean, do you see the the Arkansas State second and third teams being able to go four quarters with Georgia Southern, or do you think that over time that uh, Arkansas State could be vulnerable to the run game over four quarters? Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, I think if anything, I think they. Arkansas State is is worried about their experience this year um, because they have so many new faces. I mean, they they've tried to recruit this defensive line to load it up with guys who already have experience. And so this year, when they come in and they're even though they're new to this team, they you know they've played collegiately before. Um, but their second and third strings, I mean, they're full of young guys, and some of which have had fairly big games. You know, they've come in and they've had a moment or two, but they haven't had to use. You know, they haven't had to to use the second and third strings so much. I mean, in the Alabama game, they, since it was such a blowout, I mean, everybody got some PT there, but like, if they can stay with that first option, they will. Um, but this, the triple option poses a, a new little threat to them because they haven't had to, you know, they haven't had time to sub all these different guys in and try out new defenses, but they're going to have to with Georgia Southern's keeping the ball as long as it would want to. So we'll see. I mean, they, they have worried about their experience this year and, as of now, they've said that, you know, guys have settled in quicker than they thought, but I don't know. We, they haven't really been put to the test. And so I think, I think their depth is going to be challenged this week, but I think they feel comfortable, especially up front in that D line with, you know, with the new guys and they've had some guys in the past up there. So I think, I think their depth is going to be challenged. I think it's going to be something to seriously watch because who knows how it's going to, how it's going to factor in, especially if Georgia Southern is keeping the ball for as long as it, it wants to. All right, Chris, so well, final question here. I guess we know that Vegas has this one as a three-point game right now. Last time I looked, at least, uh, Arkansas State favored by three points. Kind of, if you could, give us what you think is the the biggest matchup or the most you know uh, vital matchup for Arkansas State, and then also your prediction for how this one turns out. Yeah, I think, I think what Arkansas State knows best about Georgia Southern through years and going at this is that they they know about the triple option i think that's that's what they're most focused on it's if they can stop it if they can force some punts and give the ball back to their offense and so their if their offense can you know hold the ball for as long as it can instead of georgia southern holding the ball then i think they like that i think they're gonna they're focused most on stopping the triple option and because it's the first time they've seen it all year it's for some you know it's a rare offense and so they uh they haven't had time to plan for it, and they know that Georgia Southern is going to have two weeks to plan for them, and so they know they're going to get some different looks and and how it's going to factor into this game. Um, so I think I think that's where it comes down to. If they can stop the triple option, then they they've got a good shot. If they can't, then obviously they won't. Um, but I think Arkansas State's defense is a little experienced, and it's probably especially up front, their defensive line is going to be able to get back there and mix it up a little bit. And if they do that, then they should. I mean, Vegas should be right. Um, I think Arkansas State is favored for a reason, but it's it's about the defensive line and if they can get back there and mix it up. Yeah, well, if there's one thing I know, it's that Vegas is usually right. So Exactly, you know, yeah. So, yeah, you can't go wrong by going with Vegas. So thank you, Christian. Thank you for joining us, and uh, good luck to you guys the rest of the way. All right, see you. Thanks. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illegue.
Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern.